Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wake me up. <laughs> that was just my generic metal guitar, but why not? It fits. <laughs> you had to you had to open this episode with a half hearted wake me up. Wake me up inside. I can't wake up. Before I What is the word come on before I come undone? Yeah. Uh, let let's let's look this up. I, I No no, it's Wake me up, wake me up inside. I can't wake yeah. up. <laughs> bid, my, bid my blood to rise, it's something like that. I, my I think, blood to does, rise. doesn't it, isn't it, um, wake me up inside, then wake me up inside, I think. And then the second time, <laughs> they rhyme, wake me up inside with wake me up inside. Um, a bold manoeuvre. So the war pigs manoeuvre. <laughs> exactly, on our yes. The, the, the classic war pigs manoeuvre. And then I think it's blid, uh, bid my blood to run before I come undone. Save me. Save me from the nothing I've become. Bring me to life. I've been living a lie. <laughs> that... <laughs> When he comes in with that, it's it's not the first time, is it? It's the second chorus. Yeah, but that always really, really makes me laugh. I don't know why. <laughs> so, as you can probably tell, this week we are talking about Evanescence. We are indeed. Um, they are a band that were very, very big. Yeah, Ex- extremely big. They were huge. I remember for uh, a short period of time. Yes, as, as is the want of new metal. As is the want of new metal. I think they're one of the perfect examples of of new metal in 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 its kind of uh, in in its form in terms of how long it lasts. It's a there's a very very short half life on new metal music, and and Evanescence I think really were the 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 the, the perfect example of that, weren't they? Uh- and in saying that, we're not trying to take away from the fact that they've made other albums and that their career has continued and they've continued to make music as, you know, all bands should and if if they want to. And, you know, we're not trying to take away from that by acknowledging that, you know, new metal really was a, you know, a period of time as well as a genre uh, as we're kind of going on this journey to discover and to pay homage to, right? Yeah, precisely. Um it's it's yeah it, it, part of part of why we're doing this podcast is to look not just at the the bands but at the era that was the new metal era as well um and yeah. and obviously i think bring me to life by evanescence is one of the perfect examples of of that era isn't it it's one of the the major hits of of the era of, of the genre and yeah it was a real God, that song was just everywhere, wasn't it? And it's again, it's one of the songs that transcended it. So people, the popular kids, they don't necessarily like it, but they know it, right? Yeah, precisely. And and it's one of the one of the songs that really led to the misunderstanding of what it is to be a goth and a misunderstanding yeah. of what goth music is, because Amy Lee looks like she's a goth. Yeah. In 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 all of the music videos. And so immediately in the in the sort of public perception being a goth was new metal music instead of things like the cure or, or bauhaus or yeah. all of the other or classic of Mercy goth. Or whatever. yeah precisely yeah. um and then it becomes an insult isn't it around that time oh you goth it's like uh you know it's sort of 10 years on from calling someone a grunger i suppose <laughs> yeah exactly Do you ever yeah. get called a grunger i no, grunger was not a commonly used term it was just like goths was the main thing yeah and then if that became you... emo kid emo kid oh which you know my chemical romance have a lot to answer for there <laughs> yeah definitely um which yeah it, maybe that'll be our follow-up podcast to this is talking about all yeah. the emo music from the time it's called and we're not hardcore. okay we promise <laughs> we are okay yeah we're <laughs> um yeah because because that was um 
that that was pretty much around the same time wasn't it that they started um they they started so it must have been around 2004 i guess i that... remember going to see them live on one of their first ever uk tours and i think it was 2004 and that single was out but the album was just about to come out so yeah 2004 but bring me to life was 2003 i think so yeah so so this was kind of towards the end of the real era of new metal before it then moved into that emo phase i suppose um but the overlap but there is an interesting thing though isn't it, it is yeah because the overlap didn't necessarily come in terms of musical style but more in how the bands uh sort of behaved and how they looked and how they dressed um where you know you you look at those those core bands of that early emo scene in terms of that kind of gothic emo look and you've got things like afi do you remember afi oh, I, lo- I still think afi are a brilliant band and actually i've been listening to them recently and kind of um and watching a bunch of live performances of them recently and actually their latest stuff got really interesting there's some dancey stuff there and um they i think managed to retain the soul of what they were whilst actually going from being like a really hardcore punk band in their early days through to this sort of goth punk thing and now to being like quite a mature rock act who are still making quite good music yeah because you hear you listen to was it hallows eve that early ep they did yeah yeah um, all hallows ep all hallows that's right yeah which was which was very cool i remember owning that um amazing cover i don't know who did the art but I <laughs> oh loved yeah it with the, the, with the, the pumpkin um, guy on it yeah oh man i love that and that had that um total immortal wasn't it was the song the, the yeah, core song that of that ep ever in a day on it i guess let's let's have an afi moment because i don't think we can reasonably <laughs> discuss them in a new metal concept um, no no new metal show but they were one of my favorite bands at the time along with alkaline trio and i went through this kind of goth punk phase when the first sort of proper band that i had at school we were like goth punks and we were wearing like white shirts and red ties because that's what alkaline trio did and that kind of thing and painting our nails black and whatever and it was a good time i loved it and we went to see afi i think we saw them play at the reading festival and they were amazing this was just after their sing the sorrow had come out which was their biggest album and it was massive and they were kind of everywhere at the time for a short while weren't they yes yeah and alkaline trio um did you did you ever hear Heavens, the side project of Matt Yeah, that loved, was loved it. That was really good. That first album they did. I don't know if they did more than one album actually, but that had some real bangers on it. A very sort of um, post punk feel to it. It was very yeah. interesting um, and really sort of um, really sort of encapsulated what made Alkaline Trio a little bit different from some of the other um, pop punk and emo bands at the time. Was that they had these real real post uh, post punk roots to their music. Um, and then AFI, of course, you know, they had their their early days in that kind of very punky scene before moving into um, moving into that emo period of, of, of uh, songs like Girls Not Grey, for instance, is, oh, a, is so an absolute banger. Um, and I think that that album came out the same year as that Evanescence album. So I yeah, think that was definitely, yeah, that was definitely that crossover period, wasn't it? Between new metal and emo from yeah. aggressive masculinity to sort of suspicious undercurrent of masculinity because yeah. a lot of those songs were about how <laughs> they, their girlfriends dumped them and they hate women yeah um, Hide, hiding behind you know a thin veneer of vulnerability yeah we're vulnerable but they're still gonna hate women versus yeah. we hate women and we drink beer those are that's the <laughs> that's the the subtle change just subtle shift in how these these and we uh, pack a chainsaw versus i'm gonna write some bad poetry yeah and that's why we love new metal but that's not that's not what evanescence was all about though evanescence uh from a sort of tonal standpoint was very much that kind of emotional um that emotional space i suppose yeah definitely i mean you 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 could say that there's a lot of crossover with the with the emo bands of the time thematically but they always stayed true to their metal roots didn't they they always had yes. that that more metal edge of heavier riffs and less kind of less whiny i guess it's more about the the construction of their songs and how they use guitars and that was very straight up and there was not there was no nothing there that's really rooted in punk is there it's all rooted in metal Exactly, yeah. There's even the odd guitar solo, if you can believe Good that. Good grief. Imagine that. <laughs> um, and I think I think the thing that really stands out is that um, 
and 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 again it kind of shows that crossover is that bring me to life was the the song from daredevil the daredevil movie oh my god that film i think um, i went to see it in the cinema which yeah that's certainly a film we could talk about that for our other podcast in fact because there is a big old we should do um, that yeah that there is that big old Sorry, i'm just trying um, to plug in my computer keep talking okay i will keep talking um there's that big old undercurrent of that um of of that film of romance so yeah we could talk about it on the other podcast actually maybe we should maybe that's what we should choose next was it ben Um, affleck it was ben affleck and um his his girlfriend at the time uh what was her name um very good actress herself um who's been in lots of good movies jennifer garner jennifer garner oh yes yeah um who yeah was in um in juno um mm-hmm. which is probably a better movie than any ben affleck movie to be fair um, <laughs> yeah but ben daredevil affleck. was like before people started giving a shit about superhero movies you know like, yes yeah so probably it was... it's very very mainstream you know and there's the marvel cinematic universe no one back then was talk. i mean daredevil is, is it dc i don't even know Daredevil, Daredevil is Marvel. You call yourself a comic man. (laughs) We weren't talking about some cinematic universe or whatever. Where does it all fit together and whatever? It was just like, oh, here's a superhero movie. Yeah, let's go and see that down the megaplex and maybe go bowling afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, because because around that time you had um, obviously the the first movie that really kicked off the superhero movie sort of revival was blade which is still i think mm. probably the best superhero movie um because it's awesome um because but then wesley snipes and because wesley snipes um and chris christopherson um but then on top of that you had the x-men movies that started a few years later and then daredevil was kind of part of that run along with the sam raimi spider-man movies and oh, all yeah. of them had a really different tone to them and i think that's what's so special about that era of superhero films is they all felt very very different in the way that they they portrayed the characters whereas you look at the current marvel cinematic universe and with a few exceptions um so guardians of the galaxy doctor strange um they all feel exactly the fucking same tonally yeah and, and black panther and, uh, yeah apart from night. black black panther is an incredible movie i will stand by that forever um and, and you're right that's another one that feels very very different in terms of uh, in terms of its tone and thematically um but most of them just feel so boring because they all feel exactly the same and i'm sorry i know that lots of people love them but jesus christ at least the fucking dc movies try and do something a bit different even if they are shit are we going to talk um, about Nickelback on this show at some point? Well, I, I was going to... Uh, but Nickelback that, that aren't really Chad new Chad Kroger metal. had that song on the, the Spider-Man film, didn't he? I'm just remembering that. It's all coming back to me now. With, the, with the guy from era. Saliva. And on the soundtrack to Daredevil, there is both Nickelback and Saliva. Oh, blimey. Um, uh, there's also uh, Fuel, Seether. Do you remember Seether? Seether, yeah, yeah. Didn't Amy Lee go out with the guy from Seether? Yes, yeah, and she then did. She wrote that song about him. Yes. Uh, Call Me When You're Sober, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but then there's also Drowning Pool as well on the soundtrack. Chevelle. Oh, oh Chevelle. We, can, we can talk about Chevelle on here, surely. I, They've I got enough like new metal. Um, Huberstank. Of course. Um, but then the also bands band name like, in the world. <laughs> but also bands like Boys Set Fire. Do you remember Boys Set yeah, Fire? Yeah, yeah. Again, that's getting over towards emo territory, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so, so that's why, you know, the, 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 the Daredevil movie soundtrack really covers both camps doesn't it it's got the new metal it's got the the new grungy stuff like nickelback um and then it's yeah i suppose nickelback have those grunge roots don't they well yeah their early stuff just sounds like bad pearl jam (laughs) um sorry nickelback pearl jam yeah (laughs) pearl jam and then you know a few years down the line we've got hey i want to be a rock star and look at this photograph <laughs> rockstar by nickelback is is my guilty pleasure i know it's awful and i should hate it and it's genuinely one of the worst songs ever made but somehow i like it <laughs> <laughs> why it's sometimes terrible. put it on when i'm doing the washing up which is <laughs> when i listen to all my heavy music oh dear um yeah i'm not a fan of uh of that but i I think maybe it's because he says he wants a bathroom i can play baseball in and as as a baseball player that's always been one of my fantasies 
to, to play hit for- a home run while I'm yeah. taking a poo. <laughs> Having a poo, hitting a home yeah. run. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I remember that that first big Nickelback album was not too bad, as bad as that sounds to say. Yeah, um, it had songs about being sad and oh. being reminded of what I really am. How you remind me um, is a good song. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that even it's, it's become it was, a bit like a meme, hasn't it? But yeah, I, the problem is the problem is that it was everywhere. Whereas I think if it had just appeared and gone, people would have gone, "Oh yeah, do you remember that song?" Um, but yeah, so so yeah, maybe at some point we can we can talk about Nickelback. Yeah, on but here. interestingly, I feel like "Bring Me to Life" as a song that was similarly around. We are going to talk about other Evanescence songs, but it's really important to recognize how big that song was. And that that was everywhere at the same time. It was as it was everywhere in the same way that Nickelback song was everywhere. But I think it holds up better. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, there's still something really when you hear the little twinkle of the piano at the beginning of "Bring Me to Life." Oh like, yeah. Oh, I'm in for a journey here. I get it's gonna take It's gonna take me to some to some leather wearing places. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does build really well, doesn't it? It Bring does. Life. It's, yeah. In terms of pop song, di- pop rock song dynamics, it's a masterclass, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's 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 really well structured, I think. Um, and then it's got that, it's got that really catchy chorus. It's got that little bit of of rapping, sort of, <laughs> to like tie it into yeah. the metal a little All bit. All of this time, I can't believe I couldn't see right in the dark, but you were there in front of me. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and so, so yeah, it it was a really perfect song for that moment in time. Um, and then they were massive off the back of that. It was huge. I remember it was on Kerrang! Every other song, it was Bring Me to Life. Um, which, yeah, it was, it was a little bit much. Um, I remember getting very, very bored of it, but... Sometimes you get one of their other songs, like Going Under would be on, you'd be like, okay, this is good. This is definitely an album opener. Yep, it's the first track on the album. And then you'd get one of their other songs and go, oh, that's the third track on the album. That's the fourth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, this is something that we discussed when we were listening back to um, Evanescence, um, is that they basically, (laughs) for their first album, they basically just crammed all of the singles into the first four songs. So Going Under, Bring Me to Knife, featuring Paul McCoy. Um, Let us not forget Paul McCoy and his importance. Our main man, Paul McCoy. Um, Then Everybody's Fall and then My Immortal, a.k.a. the most emotional song you ever heard (laughs) when you were 11 years old. It's it's a precursor to someone like you by Adele, isn't it? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, for it's, sure. It's that song, but retroactively for emo kids, yeah, and yeah. new metal people who wanted to have a little cry. Yeah, it's it's a dirge. I think it's fair to say. Listening back to you it, you described it in your text message to me as a mega dirge, all one <laughs> word, which I think is good, and that is a category we should definitely start using. Yeah, because if there's one thing you want when you're listening to high ha- high power new metal music, it's a really fucking slow piano ballad. <laughs> and you know, I I love a slow piano ballad. I I'm a big fan of piano music in general, as you know. You know, give me some some Ben Folds, some Elton John on any day at any time. I'm happy. But this yeah, this song really doesn't fit with the album and the rest of their stuff, and it just feels like well, a ballad. A, a very yeah. very saccharine ballad that sounds like it was written by someone who's 15 years old oh and guess what she wrote it when she was 15 years old <laughs> imagine that um so you know and, you can't um, you can't hold that against her no you? no 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 but unfortunately that kind of helped define the sound that evanescence would have for the rest of their careers is somewhere between bring me to life and my immortal and the more interesting elements that they had on that first album. So Going Under, I think, is an absolute jam. And it's got a yeah. slightly nastier feel to it. It's slightly darker. It's a little bit more subtle as well. Um, there's lots of muted guitar work in terms of the production, which I think is really interesting. Um, yeah. And then Everybody's Fool is not a bad song either. It's the one that everybody forgets about. Um, no, it's good. It's, uh, it's the forgotten Bronte sister, effectively, um, <laughs> of new metal. Um, but it's... Um, but it, but it, it's a really good song, even though the 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 content of it is a little bit weird, because um, it's all about how 
there's lots of female pop stars and they take off their clothes and it's wrong and it's like fucking hell when did this turn into a republican party convention yeah <laughs> um, yeah ben shapiro loves it <laughs> ben, yeah ben shapiro <laughs> um you know when he's when he's done listening to wap he's like oh god i'm a little bit too hot under the collar i better put on everybody's fool and um and 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 remember that there are some good women out there who really don't stand for this sort of thing yeah <laughs> wakes him up inside yeah it's basically that gift from the simpsons of smithers in the club with the women like wagging their butts at him <laughs> in a song exactly exactly um yeah so so it's a really good song even though the subject matter is a bit dodge um but i i, I felt it's important and to also mention kind that of weird matter. because in the context of everything that went i mean i don't think we know fully all of the details of what was going on with them and their record label but it seems like they very much pushed her to the front and made her look and sound a certain way. So to have that song saying, I'm going to be nobody's fool, when it was obvious that like the record label were really, really manipulating her and them to be what they wanted them to be, it feels very, very odd and very, yeah. Like the record label deliberately put that in there to say, hey, we're letting them say this, but actually, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's exactly that, isn't it? Is, hey, look, this is definitely a kind of manufactured um thing going on here um and it's interesting isn't it is that um even though it they come from a genre which is hated by parents worldwide um through that song they're kind of the the anti-christina aguilera the (laughs) anti-britney spears where oh this is a woman but she's wearing dresses and there's lots of modestly dressed men um here who um who yeah they'll be they'll be fine you know the, these guys are, are, are nice and sound and they're they're nothing like those those dirty tramps who make other music where they might talk yeah. about sexuality and kissing boys they do not want to get dirty no um, they do they do not kiss boys they write songs about wiping away boys tears yeah exactly exactly um which which i think is interesting because it really flies in the face of most of what new metal was about which is being a fucking jeb end um <laughs> where you know it, 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 the new metal end- is about it being one of those days <laughs> the, the 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 there is no um there is no cross correlation between bring me to life and jonathan davis stomping around a stage in a kilt <laughs> and a pair of bagpipes singing about how all day he dreams about sex it's really weird that these <laughs> yeah. two these two bands sit in the same genre category and they're friends it's fascinating like collaborated and yeah. each other's songs and whatever yeah i just i just think it's fascinating that um it's really interesting yeah uh, which makes me wonder if really what amy lee wanted to do was to just get up on stage and go yo what a single say fuck that <laughs> i would love that give us that give us but that. in her, her you know beautiful operatic style you'll want a single say fuck that fuck that fuck that because you've got to have a man coming in to rap as well fuck that up inside <laughs> so yeah i read that that would bring me to life the record label insisted on having a male vocalist to join in Yes, um, and that they were initially very, very resistant to it, and sort of did it reluctantly. And I wonder if this is actually one of those very rare instances where the record label might have been right, because it is such a good song that works so well, and not not in a sexist way, where it's like, oh, every song has to have a man on it. But the interplay between the male and the female vocals makes it a total banger. Yeah, I agree. I think it really does work incredibly well having that back and forth, um, and it's something we discussed a little bit when we were talking about um about linkin park with our our man ben is that it's that back and forth between them really adds a lot and i think particularly that song bring me to life having that male vocalist versus female works really well what what i find interesting is that it's not another member of evanescence doing it <laughs> yeah and that they get in this you know are they that bad at singing that was <laughs> that they can't even go wake me up <laughs> you know well the guitarist used to do it live didn't he and if you listen to the live records it doesn't sound too great oh there we go then there we go um because because listening we're jumping a little bit further ahead if you listen to um some of their later work so synthesis i'm talking about here um where the, they, let's reimagine our songs without guitars yeah and let's album. do them all 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 operatic all of the strings etc if you listen to bring me to life off that it sounds very very different because there isn't that back and forth and it doesn't really work 
Yeah, it's 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 odd. It's a song. It's a powerful anthem, isn't it? I don't think it really works stripped back. There are some no, songs that work no. stripped back and some that don't. And I, yeah, I don't think it works. No, exactly. Um, but they're trying but, to say, hey, we're not just a straight up metal band. So I, I respect them for trying to do it. But I think actually it's better when they are just being a metal band like on that first album actually i actually think the songs that come after my immortal so obviously you got the singles out the way so you haunted and tourniquet and imaginary those three are actually quite decent metal songs yeah tourniquet is a banger um i good riff yeah listening back to that that is a really really good song um and i wish we got sort of more of that um and 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 that's what's interesting is you know they had this first album it was incredibly incredibly popular i remember that being everywhere like most of my friends had a copy of evanescence has fallen somewhere in their house um but what's interesting is after that they seem to kind of disappear a little bit um so obviously there's a lot of issues behind the scenes with the band um it's worth pointing out each and every album has us a different lineup um, I think she is now the only um, original member left, isn't she, from the from the Fallen era? Yeah, um, that's right. And and yeah, they've had this constant changing lineup. And I think one of the biggest changes was between that first and second album. So Ben Moody was a bit moody and quit. <laughs> and he was like her best friend from childhood, who they've been collaborating since they were fifteen, and they were at the same Christian summer camp or whatever. Yeah, yeah um and um and yeah and he quit the band which i think did a really i think that must have been a real sort of shake up um yeah while they were on tour as well yeah yeah um so i don't know what happened there maybe the possessed people that happens in the music video to um going under maybe that happened in real life and she realized and was like no get out you're a demon maybe that's what happened um but yeah i think i think that really changed and i think you know they what the the issue with evanescence and listening back to their to their entire library they never quite got over bring me to life slash my immortal and i think that shows in the later albums where everything there's no real progression musically and instead the interesting elements of that first album like tourniquet something like that it um they never return to that again the closest they get is when they reimagine their own stuff with um with synthesis but even then it's just reimagining it and doing that kind of operatic um classical style to songs that already had that element in them yeah which i don't really mind that kind of stuff i mean I, it struck me while i was listening to this that one band i really really love is nightwish um, and oh, that's yes. more towards the sort of power metal side of things. Again, not that there needs to be some massive dividing line, but there's something about the way that Evanescence does operatic that doesn't work for me and the way that Nightwish does operatic that does work for me. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because they're Scandinavian. <laughs> I mean, that is a big thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, and it's... they're singing about elves and wizards and <laughs> poets yeah, and hell stuff. Oh, yeah. Give me some of that shit. Yeah. Um, or, or another another band that we will talk about on this podcast at some point, Lacuna Coil, who had a similar kind of thing, mm. apart from having that permanent switch between male and female vocals. Um, yeah, I think they're in a very interesting band, but again, they've got they've got much more of a metal element to them instead of a new metal element. Um, yeah. And then Nightwish had that symphonic power metal drive to them. Whereas with yeah. Evanescence, it's all a bit slower because by its nature, a lot of new metal was a little bit slower. That's true, actually. Yeah, it's the symphonic thing with Nightwish. And they've been going a lot longer as well. They've been going since the like late 90s. So they were never they, never part of that new metal thing, not that they ever should have been. But I guess a lot of bands, if you'd have been forming that bit later, you might have gone, oh, well, new metal's popular. Or you might have signed to some label who, who would have been like, hey, do this thing. Be like Fred Durst. Have a <laughs> have rapping thought, guy. Have you thought about having a rapping guy? Yeah. Maybe um, you could turn yeah. your hat backwards. <laughs> I'm just imagining Nightwish in fucking Viking outfits and then turning their Viking caps around or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, that guy. He's surrounded by like ten keyboards and he's got yeah, he's just got like a red hat on backwards, <laughs> looking down just at the keyboards, not looking at the audience, pressing the DJ button every so yeah. often just to just to please the one, 
<laughs> the one very confused new metal oh, yeah. fan in the audience. Converting himself to a turntablist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Evanescence um, never had a turntablist, to be fair. No, no, they did not. They did not. They were very serious. A very serious band. That's um, the thing, isn't it? A lot of their music just comes across as overly serious, doesn't it? The, the, well, we'll get to the rating soon, won't we? But there's, the goof factor, I think, is low, isn't it? It is low. It is disastrously low. Um, and and I think, I I think part of that problem as well is that the goof was created by the memes that surrounded their music, as opposed to by themselves, which meant that they are always kind of the butt of a joke, which I think is a shame. Yeah. Um, because some of their stuff, particularly the early stuff, is very good. But but uh, should we do a little quick run through of the rest of their the yes. rest of their stuff? So so the open door was released in two thousand and six. Moody no longer involved. Did have a couple of songs on it um, that were that were pretty well known. So "Call Me When You're Sober," as, as previously mentioned, was was That's pretty big. Um, but it it didn't come anywhere near to having the same kind of cultural impact as "Fallen" had. Um, it was and, um, Terry Balsamo, wasn't it? Yes, a man yeah, that's from right. Cold. Yes, um, came in from the cold, so to speak. And um, he likes to dress up as a scary man on stage, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He does. Um, old Terry Balsamic. <laughs> yeah, Balsamo vinegar. I'm sure he's never heard that one before. <laughs> I'm, d- I'm sure he hasn't. Um, but yeah, I think did is he still a member of Evanescence now? It says here he or left he... in 2015. Okay, so yeah, so we did a pretty long stint with them. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, he he he's the one who really loves um, horror movies, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Um, he dresses up as the guy from the Halloween films. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, bless him absolute yeah love a love a bit of dress up that's what we we need more of and that's that's why we love new metal isn't it yeah um but but then yeah they had their self-titled in in 2011 um it's all right it's fine it's fine but it sounds like evanescence and that's the problem is that after fallen it all sounds pretty pretty similar yeah Um, none of it has the same heaviness of bring me to life and tourniquet and going under and all those songs where they just it feels like it doesn't have the same energy does it it feels like they're they're trying too hard to do the kind of operatic thing and i was just reading this thing here about why ben moody left the band and it was saying that like well he it was there's a creative differences thing where actually he wanted to be more poppy and to play what people wanted and she didn't want to do that and you get the feeling that it's always been her baby and that her baby you know is an operatic baby, but in metal clothes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, what's interesting is that there's the Evanescence, they sound, they have a very, very rigid sound. But if you look at the kind of people who have influenced them, it's pretty wide ranging. So they cite Pantera, Bjork, yeah. Tori Amos, Portishead, Nine Inch Nails. Um, whereas really, it's just an odd bit of slow metal and symphonic operatic stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's very strange, isn't it? Is you'd expect someone who they were that widely influenced to have a very strange sound to them, but it's quite rigid in its approach. And I don't think they've ever quite been able to get over that rigidity um, and, and sort of create something as powerful as they have done on that first album. No. And it seems like they're making music at the moment, but it still sounds more or less the same. Like they've got this new single, Use My Voice. I sent you the artwork. The artwork is absolutely terrible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful stuff. Um, Look it yeah, up. They... It's like a sixth formers <laughs> collage project. Yeah. So, so they, they've got, they've had three singles out this year, haven't they? Which are all, they're all teasing the new album called The Bitter Truth, um, which, which which is going to be, Makes Coming me think of Limp Bizkit's album, The Unquestionable Truth, part two. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is part one. <laughs> um, yeah, so so yeah, so they've got The Bitter Truth coming out later this year, um, and they've released three singles of it so far. All of them sound pretty similar. Um, if you know what Evanescence sounds like, you know what these new three singles are going to sound like, really, which I think is part of the problem. And 
you'd have thought that given all of the changes in lineup there'd have been some real variation in sound but it's just not there and i think that's part of the reason why you know you think of you think of linkin park and you think not just of the first album or the second album but also all of the stuff they released later on that that made it into the charts and you might not have even recognized it was them because they they changed so often um or you look at bands like corn which keep going but they ever so slightly evolve their sound um yeah and and ever so slightly yeah ever so slightly um you know they add in some dubstep for a while and then they take the dubstep out again whereas evanescence they've and 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 fair play to them they've stuck to what they want to do um but it hasn't translated into them remaining in the cultural eye in the same way that they did do when they first arrived no which some of the other new metal bands have done and some definitely have not you know as it's important to remember with new metal that results may vary god's sake um (laughs) that's very true yeah Um, so i I have a lot of respect for her for staying true to what she wants to make and what she wants to do and them as a band it feels like they've always they've always gone their own way and i I really respect that even though i think nothing they've made has been as good as the first album yeah and i i think that's something important to note isn't it They've, they've done it their own way um and and speaking of going your own way have you heard their cover of the chain that yes. came out last year it's all right it's okay isn't it it was done for the it's soundtrack movie. to gears of war 5 um five. which is yeah there's five gears of war games well actually there's six because there is a spin-off called gears of war judgment and then there's also a gears of war tactics game so fuck knows how many gears of war games they're going to be um but but I, I I actually played Gears of War Five. I had it to review, and it's yeah. very good. And you play a woman shooty person instead of a man shooty person in this one, and All you right. go around and and shoot aliens. It's great. Um, but yeah, they did they did a cover of the chain for Gears of War Five, and it's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, there worse. are a lot of covers of that song, but it's one that's yeah, it's worth listening to. It's not up there with the Harry Styles cover, which is very good. No um but it is good it is a good cover it's in interesting um but sounds like evanescence yeah so you yeah as you've hit on in this show the problem with evanescence is that they sound like evanescence <laughs> yes yeah that is that is the issue isn't it is they've got their own sound but they do not like to deviate from it yeah which is often the case with bands that fit under the new metal umbrella, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so have you got anything else you want to share about it, or should we start booting up the supercomputer? Uh, nope, you can, you can boot it up, you can bring it to life. <laughs> I will bring it to life. Wake up! <laughs> wake me up inside! <laughs> I can't wake up. <laughs> Save me from the runtime error I've become. <laughs> um, okay, it's, it's booting up now. So, okay, so so as with previous episodes, we do have various different categories um, to cover off here. So the first one is riff quality. So out of 10, what would you say is the riff quality of Evanescence? Uh, we could give like a seven, maybe, couldn't we? Because... There are some very good riffs on the first album, but after that, it's it's pretty patchy. Yeah, so I'd maybe go down to a six because seven would put them in line with bands like Linkin Park and Slipknot. That's so true. Think, yeah, give I, give them a six, think, and I think yeah. obviously that it seems like a lot of that came from Ben Moody, and then he left the band. So yes, yeah. Um, so up next, we've got catchy chorus quality, um, and I I think they've got some pretty catchy choruses. You know, bring me to life as a banger. Yeah. So yeah, again, we could go like a seven maybe because there are yeah. few, again a few good songs that have catchy choruses, but again, patchy. Yeah, for sure. And then theatrics is the next one. So you know how theatrical are their live shows? How theatrical are their videos? Things like that. And I think here again, they're maybe up one more again because the "Bring Me to Life" video is one of the most iconic of the era. It's great. It's and imprinted on my brain. And and yeah, they've got all sorts of nonsense going on in terms of, you know, the rest of the band fuck around wearing black t-shirts, but Amy Lee's wearing like a proper 
18th century gown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's brilliant. So yeah, yeah, maybe we go up to an eight for theatrics. She's got hella corsets. Um, Exactly, exactly. Um, but then number of superfluous band band members. And this is an interesting one because I'm in two minds about this because they all do their parts, but also are we going to 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 bring to light or bring to life that they they change their lineup fucking constantly? Does yeah. that does that play any part here in terms of superfluous? Maybe they're band all members? superfluous then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do any of them serve any purpose apart from Amy Lee? But in the um, in the new metal context, what we're really talking about here is: Are there any percussionists? Are there any turntablists? Is there a third guitarist or a second bassist <laughs> or you know, anything yeah. like that? Or, or is there a second guitarist that's just playing exactly the same as the first guitarist, which is often yeah. the case, <laughs> and um, just waiting for the three seconds of guitar solo they're going to get between yeah. the verses? Exactly. Um, yeah. So I I think they all kind of do their job, don't they? In Evanescence. Yeah um so so maybe we go straight down the middle and we go for a five here because i think it is worth pointing out that they are constantly changing their lineup for no real reason apart from clearly falling out with one another yeah for sure um cool yeah so we'll go for a five and then hair color and style variety and i think this has got to be pretty low because although there's the odd beard on show uh, they're not not much no they're not they're not going down the old um linkin park route are they no, no. There are no spikes, no hats. Are there even any dreadlocks? I don't. I have not seen a dreadlock. Mm, no. So I think maybe we've got to go as low as a three here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor show, Evanescence. You guys are going to be ranking low. Um, and then Goof Factor again. I think Goof Factor is going to be pretty low on these guys as well because they did take themselves very seriously. And although there was, there was some some goof from the memes that surrounded it the actual music itself is incredibly serious yeah um, it doesn't come from them does it no no so again maybe a three what do you reckon yeah three sounds good although i think the biggest goof in them comes from the guest rapper on them <laughs> it's true yeah <laughs> can't wake up i've been living um, a lie i've been living a lie that's goofy it, it, reminds, it reminded me also of um you know i keep going back to frantic which is metallica's best song there's a bit towards <laughs> the end where um <laughs> it's like just the verse being repeated over and over but somewhere in there he's going life is pain <laughs> which also always <laughs> just so really true. makes me laugh oh, makes God. me laugh i need to go back and listen to saint anger yeah. sometimes it's been a very long time and i think re-listening to it would would make life me laugh pain. a lot laugh is pain um but then Cringe Barometer for 2020, I think it's got to be quite high because I cringed a lot listening to to this stuff. The ballads especially. Yeah, yeah My Immortal is a cringe anthem. <laughs> um, so maybe yep. maybe a nine will put them right up there. What that's, do you reckon? That's pretty, that's pretty high, but I, th- I think it's fair. But I think maybe let's knock it down to an eight only because bring me to life is so good and that 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 side of things does still it is still enjoyable to listen to that and i i don't find much cringe factor in that and in the metal side of things i think still works the cringe for me is more towards the the operatic side of things but it's still pretty big and yeah my immortal as the cringe anthem means we couldn't go any lower than that yeah yeah no that that makes sense Um, we need to make a separate playlist of cringe anthems I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, that would be that would be really handy. Um, right. So I've got our final scores here. It's time to put all of these into the supercomputer. Um, if we will just bear with us, you know, it's a very important calculation here. You know, cross correlating yeah. all of these different factors to come out with how new metal were Evanescence. This is not a ranking of how good they were. Absolutely. How not. much? How much they 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 really personified the essence of new metal um so let me just finish this off right the, the printout is here now and interestingly they have come out pretty low on the new metal scale um so they have come up with 57.14 percent new metal is that the is, lowest we've had that is not the lowest we've had um oh in fact no it is the lowest we had they have just beaten out 
Deftones. So Deftones, sorry uh, yeah. guys. I know you were desperate to be the lowest ranked That's... new metal band on our list because you hate the term new metal, but Evanescence has pipped you to it by 0.14 of a percent. So <laughs> Oh wow, that is really point, close. Yeah, fifty-four point two eight percent for Deftones. Fifty-seven. Oh uh, wait, no, fifty-seven point one four. No, ignore me completely. Uh, I thought it said fifty-four point one four. Yeah, so no, Deftones are still lowest. Oh, okay. You're fine. Evanescence second lowest, then Papa Roach above them because Papa Roach came very low in superfluous band members and cringe barometer. Yeah, because they're still still quite good. Because they're still quite good, <laughs> and there was no cringe listening to their earlier stuff. Um, so almost the opposite problem to Evanescence, Papa Roach, yeah. um, which is why they rank lowly. But yeah, so so Evanescence are ranking low here. And I guess part of that comes from the fact that thematically they didn't meet the criteria for new metal. And I guess that's where a lot of the problems come from. Yeah, for sure. They, they weren't always lumped in with all of the new metal set, were they? I just thought it was an interesting choice for a band who could have been and who were, you know, they were on the cover of Kerrang! around the same time as, you know, Slipknot and whoever else. And for, to most casual observers of metal, it's all the same stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but in fact, they were very, very different. If you're a goth, you like Slipknot. That, <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so thank you for taking me on an Evanescence journey. No, I, th- I thought it was a nice, yeah, a nice one to do after. Who did we do last time? <laughs> it's spine shank. Spine shank. Oh yeah, I wasn't disturbed. Now I, I have a theory, right? Now hear me out on this. You know that disturbed song where David Jones are like, "Are the people on the left wing? Fuck! Are the people on the right wing? Fuck!" I think he was actually talking about institutional bias at the BBC. <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, he was here. He was complaining about all of the left wing comedians because how dare there be left-wing comedians when the government is a right-wing government where are all Um, the right-wing comedians there aren't any because right-wing people aren't funny come (laughs) come fight me lee hurst you unfunny piece of shit oh my god he's one of the the worst people ever to have walked this earth more like lee worst am i right (laughs) that that is stupid and that is funnier than anything he has ever said or will say uh, Lee, Lee Hurst, best known for being on a shit TV show on BBC <laughs> in the 90s and then becoming a right-wing crank on Twitter. Um, Hilarious. Those kind of people should definitely be given a platform on our national state broadcaster. Woo! I can't even think of any other right-wing politicians because even people like Ricky Gervais are generally left-wing. Well, there's like old-school people like Roy Chubby Brown and stuff, isn't there? Oh, but it's just like, it's shit. It's all shit. Right-wing comedy. It, Right-wing comedy is so bad. If it, if it exists. Jim Davidson. Jim, Jim Davidson. Davidson, exactly. All of the worst people in the world making shit jokes at the expense <laughs> of people. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, David Draymond was singing all about that. So I think that the funniest thing to come out of uh, come out of this is, um, is that... Uh, did you see the, <laughs> the, the leak yesterday? Um, an insider from the BBC um, after all of these protests about why are there no right-wing comedians <laughs> this, is, this is from the leak the BBC does not book right-wing comedians for its shows because they are not funny enough according to an individual involved in making some of the corporation's best known comedy programs <laughs> well that just tells you everything you need to know um, the BBC Comedy Insider disputed the story that they were unfairly biased against, telling The Guardian there had already been substantial pressure from BBC executives over the last 18 months to find pro-Tory, pro-Brexit comedians. Instead, the source said the real issue is that many of the conservative-leaning performers considered by the BBC producers aren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, you don't need to dig deep to work out why that is. It's because if you're right wing, you're a dick. <laughs> exactly. And if isn't you're a it? dick, you're probably not good at comedy. I mean, the, the perfect example of that is Bernard Manning, <laughs> oh, um, God. famous right wing comedian, only did two funny things in his life. One of them was being duped by Brass Eye to talk about a made up drug, and the second one was dying. <laughs> yeah. And what I just said there is funnier than anything Bernard Manning ever said. Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, fuck right wing comedians. You're all unfunny losers. Come yeah. fight me. Yep. Show show me a funny right wing comedian and I'll show you a lie. Yep. 
and you'll be down with the sickness. Um, and speaking of politics, um, we are taking another political leaning here in this podcast. There weren't many new metal bands that talked about politics, but the ones that did were often very, very interesting. So we are going to be speaking about one minute silence. Yes, I was giving you an opportunity to segue there. I'm glad that you took it. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, one minute silence. One of my favorite bands when I was younger. I'm very excited to find out how well they hold up now so i was never massively into them so it's going to be i, I didn't dislike them but it was like i'd hit, get one song on the Koran compilation and that'd be it i never owned any of their albums or anything or saw them live so for me it's going to be more of a journey of discovery than nostalgia excellent because i owned all of their albums um they are one of my faves so yeah but i've not listened to them to a very long time uh, so I'm very excited to to find out uh, how they hold up. Sweet. That's going to be really, really good. All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening and for coming on this journey with us. Um, we appreciate it's been a little while between episodes. So thanks for sticking with us. Don't worry. The journey will always continue. We're just fitting it around life and other stuff like, you know, researching right wing comedians and whatever. It takes up a lot of our time. So yeah, th- thanks a lot for joining us. Yes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at PodDurst. Um, if you want to support this show, uh, which we do without any advertising, like our other show, there's a link in our show notes where you can give us money, one-off donations, anything at all, gratefully accepted. Yeah, bring us to life with a donation. Yeah. <laughs> Send money, not tourniquets. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take a tourniquet. Yeah, yeah. Rob will, have, Rob will have it. I won't. We are going under unless you provide us with <laughs> with some money to help us wake up. Yep, definitely. Because we've been living a lie. <laughs> I need some mince pies. <laughs> I need some mince pies. Yeah, it's a Christmas song. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's Christmas a Christmas song. It's, it's about putting the Christmas tree up, bringing the Christmas tree to life. Put me up, put me up inside. Don't forget to Fill the bucket with water. <laughs> Put a load of baubles on my form. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's the one thing new metal bands didn't have, Christmas hits. That's true, it's true. Apart from um, Korn's classic Jingle Balls, of course, <laughs> which we didn't mention <laughs> no, on the Korn episode. We did, we did not mention that. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, it's God. time to go now. But yeah, all, the last word will be go and listen to Jingle Balls now in September. <laughs> yes, go and do it. It'll be Christmas tis, before you know it. Tis the season. <laughs> Very good. All right, and we'll be back next time to talk about one minute silence. Alrighty, bye bye. Bye.